Welcome to the Molding Health Show. Our goal is to leverage the wisdom and experience of healthcare practitioners to set you on a path of self-discovery and healing. These insights, coupled with a multidisciplinary approach to each area of interest, should provide an invaluable resource to everyone looking for a better approach to health. Please note that this episode covers a mental health issue in, in rather explicit detail. If you or someone close to you recently experienced one of these conditions, this content may evoke unaddressed pain. Our intention is to inform and empower our audience, but this material is not a substitute for therapy. Please use your discretion with regards to accessing this or other material on the site that may be triggering or traumatic for you. And remember that the best strategy is to seek professional assistance for unresolved painful or traumatic experiences that you may have undergone. We have included a link in the show notes where you can be connected to one of these therapists. In this episode of the show, we speak to Simran Parekh about CBT and mental health from a counseling psychologist perspective. Simran Parekh, welcome to the show. So we're so glad to have you on board and talking about CBT and mental health and all of that great stuff from a counseling psychologist perspective. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be a part of this. No, always a pleasure, firstly, and, and, and more of a pleasure today because, I mean, you're coming, you know, you're speaking to us out of India, which is, which is amazing because when we were, you know, obviously we, we started in South Africa, we've got, you know, quite a few guests from the UK, we've had guests from New Zealand and Nigeria, but I think you're your first guest out of India, which is really amazing. And I've been following you on LinkedIn, and I think you're doing some really great work. And that's the reason, you know, I reached out and, you know, started speaking to you. So really, really honored to have you on the show and talking about CBT um, and mental health. So really, you know, really interested to hear that. But maybe a similar to to kick it off. Tell us what what is CBT? Okay. So um, as you know that we are hearing this term on a usual basis as we, you know, uh, see the space of mental health. The first thing that comes up is CBT or mindfulness. So CBT is something, uh, the full form of which is cognitive behavior therapy, but it is used for a lot of uh, concerns and, you know, it's basically working on your thoughts. It helps you uh, to think about the present, the here and now. It helps us to modify our perspective because, um, say, for example, you're in a situation. Uh, so in that situation, the human tendency is to first have a negative uh, thought. Will I be able to get out of the situation or not? Why me? Uh, or, you know, uh, what can I do? How can I solve this? So rather than focusing on the problem, CBT helps us to focus on solution or more towards how can I come out of the situation rather than why me and uh, rather than thinking about the problem. Okay. And I mean, to put it in context, like, so on the show, we've covered some of the other modalities like psychodynamic, uh, you know, the psychodynamic dynamic approach, the, you know, contextual therapy, um, hypnotherapy as an example. So in your experience, so how, how does CBT, I know you said, so it's much more solution orientated. So does that mean that it's more geared for more short term work or, or can you use it on a long term basis as well? No, that's where, you know, most of the people get mistaken that, you know, CBT is a short-term thing because it has just a few things to do with like journaling or just working on rational thinking, but it's not that the case because it's just more than journaling. 
and cbt i would say from my own personal experience is a long term process a long term therapy because the therapy itself is very long term you do not see modifications or improvements uh, maybe in two or three sessions or for that matter four sessions because uh, after that you might feel a bit better but you know your issues and concerns are not of today so cbt works on what is based for a longer period of time the thought process that you're carrying for uh, maybe ages say for example today you have certain personality traits right so uh, would you uh, be able to change them or modify them say for example in a month no not at all <laughs> exactly so i refrain from using the term change because personality or anything for that matter uh, we cannot change it's a very strong word i always use modify instead because we can always modify we can never change one's personality similarly with thoughts we can modify their thoughts so uh, with you know someone coming in with personality disorder or personality issues i always tell them we are not here to change your personality we are just here to modify it so that you can uh, balance your life in society work and other aspects as well similarly cbt works um it helps you to balance your thoughts it helps you to uh, think in a more structured manner so um it's a long process i would say okay and simran so how how would you typically use that in therapy so i'm assuming i think we'll cover just now how clients find you and how do they start working and stuff like that but typically if a client came and saw you and you know you started working with them as a client how would you typically use cbt in terms of that therapeutic process um i would say i don't only use cbt uh, because my approach is an eclectic one where i use various techniques from different therapy modules uh, because um in my opinion each client is different maybe the cause or the concern they are coming in with is similar like stress you might come in with i have stress regarding my work your friend might come in with that i have stress regarding my family both of you do have stress but the stressor or the trigger is different for you it's work and for him or her it's family or personal issues so i cater to you for work purposes i cater to your friend for family or personal concerns so both of you are different in that way even though the concern is stress but the stressor is different so i use an eclectic approach where i don't only use cbt but i also use techniques from mindfulness other therapies like uh, dbt and i don't want to get into more of uh, you know a uh, mm. proper theory part but i would say mainly if there uh, i understand if you know the client is coming in with say a lot of overthinking or maybe you know too much of thought distortion like or thinking like um i am not good enough or my efforts are not being appreciated or i feel that my efforts are not uh valued or good enough like i am putting efforts but i don't think those are enough so there is where cbt works to modify these thoughts okay cool and and i like the fact that you mentioned eclectic as well and and explained it as well how it works because i think uh, obviously you know they obviously there are psychologists that only prescribe to a certain modality but i think 
Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, I've, I had definitely yeah. found psychologists that use the eclectic approach, um, and that's a great one as well. In terms of, you know, obviously each person is different, which is which is true, and yeah. um, modifying it to that. We did cover DBT as well um, in the episodes, so we have covered that as a modality as well. So we are aware of it. If if I cover, if I change uh, direction a little bit and and just cover the mental health aspects, Simran, mm-hmm. I mean, can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, w- what is mental health? Firstly, uh, obviously, it's become a lot more. There's a lot more awareness in the world over the last few years. Maybe post COVID as well, it's even yeah. become even more apparent. But in your in your words, what is mental health? Okay. I would love to, you know, um, understand what you uh, gauge from the word mental health, and then I would uh, proceed to my, uh, you know, uh, answer. If that's mm, yeah, that's perfect. Um, in my in my sense, mental health would be, you know, catering for everything, just like how you cater for your body, you know, like exercise, you know, nutrition and stuff like that. The focus mm-hmm. around having a solid or a, a um, a stable and happy, you know, mental space is is important, and then I think that's where the terms like work life balance started coming up, you know, a lot more in the last few years. You know, making sure that you're happy um, and and stuff like that. And I think also the dark side of mental health. And I'm not sure if you cover it. You know, I suppose you do cover it in mental health, but things like depression, anxiety, stress would be the downsides or, or where you see mental health not being almost in that balance. And, you know, state. So that's kind of how I would answer it. How many marks okay. would I get for that? <laughs> that's a great answer. Mm-hmm. But uh, in my understanding, I wouldn't say there's anything a downside or right or wrong in mental health. Because see, uh, in physical health also, we do get a fever, a cold. Or do we see it as a downside and not go to office or not work or just we think about uh, seeing a doctor as soon as possible? Right. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Similarly, in mental health also, you know, I always request people to, uh, in uh, the awareness streams, that it's as important as your physical health. So it's a very broad term, mental health, and it involves our balance between our mind, body, and emotions. So mind being, because see, uh, some way or the other, whatever you're thinking in your mind, uh, affects how you're feeling and that in turn affects your action or reaction or your behavior towards anything so all three of them are connected and if you have balance of all those three things uh, probably you are in a stable mental health there is no good or bad mental health I would say because um, there are days where even I am stressed so that doesn't mean that my mental health is not great so that's why I said, you know, stress, depression is not a sign of bad mental health. It's just that there's an imbalance. Mm. And to balance it, you just need to seek professional help as you do in terms of physical health. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, so I, I like that, actually. And I think the one, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get the name wrong, so I'm not even going to mention the name, but the one practitioner <laughs> actually said that, uh, you know, so, so maybe uh, like maybe it was around depression, but said, you know, it's a temporary kind of aspect. You know, it's not like the person is depressed and then they're depressed for life. It's like a phase in their life. And I thought that was quite quite interesting. And she, And what you just said now kind of, you know, made me think of that. 
which is exactly what what it is. Um, and also, you know, like if I go go back to what I was saying, you know, in terms of the physical aspects, I mean, the physical aspects is not every one of us, um, you know, has that perfect shape and body and all of that stuff. And it's, you know, like that's actually okay uh, because that's the norm. Um, and, yeah. and it's stuff that you aspire to maybe, but it's not like everyone's built in exactly the same way. So I suppose the same with mental health. I like how you said as well, it depends on, you know, it depends on what's going on in life. It depends on you. It depends on, you know, external factors. I mean, if we talk about, you know, things like COVID in the last few years, I mean, it's stuff that people couldn't control in the world. And it just kind of has an impact on your mental health. Right. Um, A great point that you pointed out is the COVID situation because uh, most of the people were laid off from their jobs and uh, they did not have work. Uh, and it was very confusing for uh, employers as well to how to, you know, proceed in this condition because all of us were at home. So in that situation also, I would see this. Uh, pers- it's all about perspective. I always say that it's about perspective. Maybe uh, at some point, even I thought that I'm not getting work. Or, because see, it was just the start of my career. I had just graduated in 2019 and the COVID hit. <laughs> so I just I was like yeah so I was like I don't know how to proceed further but then I started by you know just trying out certain things online and since then I think I have made my presence online uh, a little bit uh, than before I wouldn't say it's a brand or it's great but yeah there are more years to go forward um, what I was saying is in that situation also, I thought that it's a better opportunity to, you know, spend time with our families because on a usual day, if both of your parents are working, you do not have that much amount of time to maybe even sit for a games night or maybe have dinner or lunch together. Mm-hmm. So that was a quality time that we got. And generally, when we are working, we feel like we need a rest day, we need a vacation. And we got a vacation uh, naturally. Then we think we need work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, human beings are never happy. Eh? <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter what you give us. We always have something to complain about. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think for us, what has been amazing is, I mean, we've been working with healthcare practitioners for about ten years now, and we would always try to get them on a on a call or you know, like to do mm-hmm. a Zoom session because we knew Zoom before COVID hit. And what's amazing is even this conversation that we're having right now, you know, this podcast, I don't think before COVID we would have been able to connect to practitioners in the same way. So it's 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 almost opened that up. And and for practitioners in the same way is to connect to their their patients, you know, to 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 be comfortable yeah. enough to get onto, you know, a Zoom call or WhatsApp call and and be okay to do therapy. I think before that time, especially with therapists that we're very used to the psychodynamic approach, you know, this would be like a complete no-no, you know, as in there's no way they would even entertain it. But the world kind of changed after COVID, you know, everyone, it became closer in a lot of senses from that point of view. Have you found that as well? Yes, I completely agree to your uh, thought. Because uh, I would also agree that if the situation didn't come up, probably I would be working offline somewhere and we couldn't have met today. And Mm. there wouldn't be any scope of online mental health. Maybe it would come up more five years down the line. But Mm. uh, 
it wouldn't be so soon uh, but i think covid has been great in that situation because uh, i would i'm saying this because uh, today for clients also it's become very easy uh, for them to come out and reach a mental health clinic or an organization is really difficult because booking the therapy itself is the first difficult step they're taking towards their uh, mental peace because today in uh, the country that i live in there's still uh, some amount of stigma attached to mental health right mm. so uh, it becomes difficult for people to tell their parents or even if they are parents uh, it becomes difficult for them to say that i need a therapist or i need a psychiatrist or a psychologist so uh, online has made it easier because they do, they can be anonymous they can mm. shut their video if they want they are in their own uh, space like environment home so they are very much comfortable that way because uh, see generally going to a physical doctor or a physician is very easy because you know you visit them very often since childhood maybe if there's something or the other happening uh, wrong with your uh, body medically so you are uh, okay with their chamber okay with their clinic okay with visiting them and even telling them people that i had certain things and i went to a doctor but mm-hmm. that doesn't happen with mental health unfortunately so yeah. uh, the space the environment and the anonymity i think is a major factor like switching off the video because there are people who cannot talk face to face or share their things because they feel uh, maybe sometimes embarrassed or judged even though we are not here to judge them but they come with a notion because probably of their past experience with sharing with their uh, closed ones yeah that's actually a really good point you know because if you had to go into a clinic and you were in a waiting room waiting for your session and someone else saw you that would be some stigma or that would be some yes. embarrassment you know around that whereas getting onto a zoom call you know it's you know no one knows any different and you know that's actually a really good point that that you mentioned and it makes mental health your or access to practitioners anyway you know a lot more accessible you know based on yeah. that yeah yeah i would totally agree to this because today sitting in one city of my own country i can see clients from different cities in my country as well as abroad mm. so it's become very convenient for me as well to reach to a larger population and it's become easier for the population also to reach a larger or a varied uh professionals because hmm. maybe the professionals in their uh, city or country do not have uh, like you know financial stability and so they do not have a choice to see like whose fees is what or uh, i'm talking in very general terms because hmm. fees is something that does come up with anybody meet a person living in india or outside of india Yes. they do inquire about you know what is your fee structure and on basis of that i think they go ahead or back out so i think online has given that opportunity for them to seek uh, from various uh, professionals mm. and uh, similar i mean um, i'm going to you know obviously i would have covered this slightly later in the show maybe but mm-hmm. uh, now that you started speaking about fees can i ask in india is there a concept of health insurance companies so in south africa we you know it's called medical aid companies but but it's typically a company that that pays for therapy uh you know for the patient obviously they have to have that cover um so sometimes you know especially with with 
practitioners, the health insurance company would pay rather than the rather than the patient. Do you have that concept in India as well? Unfortunately, no. But uh, what companies are doing right now is basically, say, for example, you're uh, working or you have a job at XYZ company. So the company has a tie-up with a mental health organization, say ABC. So now XYZ is paying to ABC and uh, XYZ is providing his or her employees free uh, mental health uh, sessions. Say, for example, six certain organizations have 10, certain have eight. So the employers are providing employee assistance programs. But uh, yes, uh, nothing uh, in terms of insurance has yet come uh, in India. Okay. I think that would be a, a growing market, uh, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. You know, yes. uh, you know soon. And, and that's why, I mean, I told, I told you when, when, I st- when, I f- when I started seeing you on LinkedIn and, you know, started following a few other therapists in India, I realized how big that market, pro- you know, probably is. Because I, I never, you know, I didn't think there, were, there would be as many practitioners in independent practice but again as I, as I mentioned that was more mm-hmm. just my my own naive self but yeah it's actually very very encouraging because I, I think you know I think the Indian culture is is very closed you know very conservative so to be able to speak about mental health and, and stuff like that must be must be very difficult firstly and it must be you know very it's, it's kind of brave for practitioners for, for patients to actually seek out that help do do you I mean based on your experience do you find that that's that's a valid point as well? Um, I would say to my to some extent definitely uh, because there are certain people who are still in that orthodox or conservative mindset where they feel that this is nothing it's just you know you change your lifestyle or mm. you change your food or appetite or you change your environment and you will feel better. It's just a phase that will pass, but nobody understands that it's not just a phase. It's something that they are facing until unless you address their emotions or uh, how they are feeling, it's not going to go away. I'll uh, take a very quick example here. Like say, for example, uh, if you've seen a death in the family or a closed one, people expect you to cry as soon as possible or they make you cry, like, you know, express your emotions. But they don't understand that the person doesn't want to cry right away. He or she is not feeling to cry. So you can't force anybody to grieve over a debt immediately. They might take one month, they might take six months, they might might cry after a year. That's their process. So I would say never disrupt anybody's process. So let them feel whatever they are in the present moment. So uh, coming back to your question, we do uh, face certain clients where, you know, they say that our parents don't know about these sessions so uh, you know we are paying by our own pocket or maybe you know we are working and we are paying so there are certain uh, clients like that but I see that uh, on a very rare occasion because right now uh, people are getting towards being more open-minded in terms of mental health because they also see the society is growing as well as the importance of mental health because today the you know, amount of importance that we give to physical health, people are understanding that mental health is equally important because if you do not have the strength and energy or the mindset to go to work, it's going to hamper your performance at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think you mentioned it quite a few times now, Simran, in the in the discussion around, you know, the importance of 
of equating it to almost like how you how you see physical therapy uh, or yes. you know taking care of your body or going to the doctor and i think that's that's the point that most people miss as well is is you just kind of expect it to to figure out life and just do it and you spend so much of time i mean especially in the indian culture i think you know with the academic part you know go to school go to university get a good degree get a good job and and do all of that stuff but if you look at the mental part to that you know like how, how do you get this done how do you cope with life how do you cope with everything i don't think you know people put as much emphasis on that and and my you know my my best example of this is if you look at any great sports you know, sports team or, or sports person, the amount of, of professional people around them, including a psychologist, you know, to be able to get them to play at their peak is amazing. And yet every single one of us, you know, especially the guys, you know, that are doing really stressful jobs, there's no help around them to be able to do their jobs. It's just like, you just have to figure it out and you just have to know how to do it. And I think that's like so interesting, you know, how as a society, we just, you know, expect that to happen without seeking out help from people like yourself yeah like i agree to what you said because um like you know a doctor can't help uh himself or herself in uh, in need he or she has to go to someone else similarly when you are facing something if you are unable to share your emotions or unable to express if your parents and friends are not um understanding that or, or throwing you out uh i would suggest to try making them listen that i want to try out therapy i want to go to a professional at least for once because i agree to what you said earlier also that uh sure we just focus on complete your study complete your college have a degree have a job get married uh, you know increase your family and so forth but in that phase we forget that how are you feeling what do you want to do in career uh, do you want to get a job or not do you want to study or not it's just a set pattern that you have to follow and in that case if we fail or if we you know uh, have a setback it's always seen as like maybe you wouldn't work hard enough or see i am not going a complete uh, negative on this but it's improving i would say that because when i see clients of age group say um 15 16 17 they're very open minded their parents are very open minded among um, in their teens and uh, you know 20s uh they are open to this mm. they're exploring their mental health and of course in terms of um, identity and sexuality as well so mm. i would say it's progressing from what we were and it's a good change that i see okay that's that's actually really encouraging it's been kind of our experience as well you know um in terms of i think everyone in the world has uh, uh i won't say struggling but definitely getting to grips with you know the the world as we know it you know in, in terms of gender identity and you know mental health and all of those aspects um but i think you know it's really encouraging to see people open minded about it and being able to have the conversation and also to to know where to go and look for help and to know that maybe help is possibly needed i think a few generation well you know i think a generation back it probably would not have happened um and definitely probably 10 15 years back it probably you know would have been very difficult as well 
I totally agree. Like I, I think that you know my uh, generation is the last where there were orthodox or conservative mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and post, I see uh, maybe two or three um, years down, like uh, individuals for, who are three years or five years younger to me, they are very open to their parents. They talk about everything. I would you know like give credit to certain um, maybe shows as well uh, that have come up. uh could be indian or could be uh you know shows from abroad which have helped people to understand certain concerns like sexuality because earlier i wouldn't say that people were open enough to even talk about their sexuality or understand what it exactly means today they know what it means they are confident in saying that i am this mm yeah that's true um yeah so i think probably media you know like in yeah, like social media, media. everything and also the internet and social media and you know youtube and all of those things have been amazing you know us getting to the stage where we are in now um and if i look at mental health itself uh, simran so so like you said that you know when we started obviously it's it's not a you know even depression stress i mean it's just a phase but do you find there's a certain point where it becomes a clinical scenario and and when mm-hmm. i say that i mean i think the one thing that i've learned you know over many many conversations with the practitioners now is that it's it's almost when it becomes um it affects your job it affects your life do you find that's the breaking point as well when it becomes clinical and when it becomes like okay this is just a normal cold kind of thing right uh see when you know that it's a normal cold it will get fine or okay by say 3 to 5 days or a week at max for 10 days but when you know it's a fever of over 3 days you might need to see a, a doctor similarly in uh, mental health there are certain uh, i don't want to get too much into technicality but there are certain uh, duration for certain uh, issues i would say So, for example, uh, depression. Let's take depression. If you feel, you know, the symptoms of depression are consistently uh, are there for over six months, so definitely it's a major sign to uh, see a therapist or a clinical psychologist in that case for a diagnosis to a psychiatrist. Then, but if you feel that you know you're feeling tired, exhausted, your sleep has been affected, appetite has been affected uh, for over. two or three weeks or a month at least go to a therapist and talk about it if not going straight away for diagnosis to a psychiatrist i would suggest seek help from therapists or counselors to understand what you're going through because for a diagnosis it's a longer period say 6 to 8 months but to seek help from a therapist you can always speak to them in say uh, seeing the change that you have in yourself after a month or after two or three weeks mm okay yeah that that makes complete sense and yeah you're right i mean i think with each clinical condition i mean they each have their own you know ways in which you diagnose and you you know whether it's a clinical condition or not um and we did cover some of those in the show so you know if you want to look at that like bipolar or depression mm. or, you know any of those you know they are, they are they are There are ways that you can determine whether it be, it is a clinical condition, other than obviously going and seeing a therapist, which is what we recommend. 
And similarly, in terms of the actual therapeutic process, so just say someone is working with you, how would how would the how would the sessions normally be structured uh, from the first session onwards? Okay, um, great question. Uh, because mm -hmm. I do give an introduction on a daily basis to my clients, like how therapy works. So it's kind of a set, uh, you know, uh, structure. Now it's in my head. I can you know talk about it in my sleep as well. So uh, yeah. Good. So generally, each session is about forty-five minutes to one hour long. We generally keep it forty-five minutes, and the rest fifteen minutes is just buffer time. Uh, so it's forty-five minutes session where we, you know, initially say in the first session we just discuss about uh, what the client is feeling and what brings him or her to the session to basically build rapport with the client in the first session because definitely the client has come in with. a bit of nervousness a bit of uh, maybe not sure or about how much they should share or not so i always tell them that we move uh, with your comfort and at your pace if there are certain questions that i ask and you don't feel like answering i say it's completely okay you can straight up tell me about it because i am also meeting the client for the first time so i am also not aware what can make the client uncomfortable right so it's really important to have that open communication to uh, specifically tell them that these are the specifics like 45 minute and the follow ups could be once a week then consistency is important therapy is a slow and long process so it might require patience from their end and i also give uh, you know information about uh, confidentiality uh, but that confidentiality can be breached if there is high risk case like um, suicidal cases and um, also that i do give homework because i have seen in my practice you know uh, people come and say that you know in the third or fourth session you just gave us 20 minutes or 30 minutes but they fail to understand that there was no conversation going on further because you've already seen progress so i make it a point to mention that it will be approximately 45 minutes but the duration can vary mm because it's not we are not sitting on a set routine or a timer or a bomb i would say that you know it will diffuse in 45 minutes and we just have to end it or mm. it has to go till 45 minutes mm. okay that's pretty good and and when you normally explain this to to new patients today to they understand it straight away does it make sense to them yeah because i keep it very simple and uh, in a very uh, you know layman language just the specifics as i mentioned to you like you know duration confidentiality and what we do in the first session that's basic structure of understanding each other and understanding their concerns and also clarifying that you know whether you have five concerns or 10 concerns we'll be working on each one of them but one at a time because we can't work on everything at once and also letting them know that it might take a uh, maybe 6 to 8 sessions or 10 sessions or even more which i cannot uh, come to conclusion in the first 45 minutes itself so i do get many clients who ask uh, what is uh, at the end of the session that you know uh, can you tell me should i do this or not or can you tell me what is wrong with me or can you tell me how many sessions we would require to which i say that see this is just the first session where we are getting to know each other hmm. and um me being a therapist i cannot decide for you what you have to do or what you can't or what you should do because that's your decision to make 
at the end of the day whatever you decide is going to affect you so you shouldn't be uh, regretting the decision thinking that okay simran said uh, simran told me to do this so i'm doing but later on it affected me in a different uh, way so i tell them i will help you to realize which path you want to choose or help you with what both paths include but whether you want to go to path a or path b has to be your choice mm mm that makes sense i think there's yeah. also treating them i mean obviously it's their life and and including them in the process is probably the most important thing but you just the guide there you're the specialist obviously that's helping them you know navigate those choices and be that that sounding board for them yes Mm. Um medication I know, I know you mentioned clinical psychologist um, and I'd love to know how that context works in India but you know obviously there's counseling psychologist there's clinical uh, there's psychiatrist um do you find that with your patients you need to 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 liaise or work with a psychiatrist as well around medication Um yeah so we do have counselors or therapists which is myself and we just take uh, talk therapy we do not uh, give a diagnosis or we do not uh, provide medications um coming to clinical psychologists they do provide provisional diagnosis because uh, the only right to give a diagnosis and medication is with a psychiatrist so um, i do have clients who have been either earlier diagnosed and are on medications and are seeking therapy so they only come up and say that you know i saw a psychiatrist he or she diagnosed with me so uh, with uh, sorry he or she diagnosed me with so and so a condition and i am on medication since so long so i know okay this person is on medication and i have to um, work accordingly but there are many clients who come in new uh, and first time to therapy but uh, seeing the severity and intensity of that uh, symptoms and concerns i personally recommend them to see either a clinical psychologist or a psychiatrist for more uh, clarity mm okay cool that's that actually makes sense um i didn't know that i think it works differently in south africa as well as in the uk in terms of the diagno- diagnosis process maybe but it's interesting that only the psychiatrist can do the diagnosis in india um but yeah, yeah. like uh, the clinical psychologist can give a diagnosis but they cannot write for sure that you are diagnosed with depression they can say it's a provisional diagnosis okay because the testing and everything is done by a clinical psychologist mm. so firstly uh, maybe you know the con- uh, if it's a clinical case the person visits either a clinical psychologist or a psychiatrist first and both refer uh, the client to either one of them uh, the next time so uh, all three of us do have to work together to maintain that line mm okay and do you, do you use the term multidisciplinary team because that's that's a quite a common term that i've come across you know when people normally talk about the team that they're working with you know the other practitioners mm-hmm. is that a term that you use as well uh i wouldn't say completely because uh currently i do work at an organization where we do have clinical psychologists and a psychiatrist but uh, on my private practice i do have a few contacts with uh, clinical psychologists as a psychiatrist but i don't have a team of my own so okay. it's just on a referral basis that if i feel that you know the client needs a reference for a clinical or 
a psychiatrist i do uh, share the contact with them okay yeah i think that's common with with other practitioners as well you know that we know of and but it's typically like it's more like a virtual team not like your own team or not a team even in the same center but it's it's like for instance you know the psychiatrist that always refers to you or you always refer to them and it's almost like this virtue you know like you you just have a good working relationship and normally it forms yeah. part of your you know multidisciplinary team because your patient then goes to that psychiatrist and you obviously you know talk about the patient or you know discuss you know certain things if you needed to so we find yeah, that good. yeah that normally comes up um any any recommendations or anything that you would say to you know to loved ones or family members that you know where someone is going through mental health issues um is there something that you normally say to them or or that you would say to them in terms of how to support that person better i would just say that you know uh, express what you're feeling if you feel that nobody understands you just maybe join like you know write it down or uh, use a voice note so at least it feel, feels like you've vented out and if you have a person whom you trust and whom you feel that he or she can understand just go and talk to them and later when you are in a better mental space maybe you can uh, reach out to a professional hmm i i didn't i never thought of the voice note idea that's actually a really good one <laughs> it's like um, i i hate doing it on whatsapp but uh the i think even just the voice recorder on you know on your phone is is probably a, a really good way on to do like almost like a emotional or brain dump of of your feelings and thoughts and because everyone talks about journaling the problem is journaling is you have to get into that frame of mind of doing the journaling whereas you know just taking out your smartphone and just doing a a voice note is pretty easy to do if you adapt to the changing uh, generation then mm-hmm. see so yeah there are many people who feel like you know we don't know what to write or we are lazy enough to write because we don't like writing so i say it's okay we have an alternative you can uh, voice record it or maybe you know if you feel it's more okay to type it on your notes you can do that or use a laptop so i think we need to modify our techniques also uh, considering the generation that's coming up yeah well said we had a speech therapist on i think her name was uh, marie theat and uh, you know like so we, in the early years of of you know of a child they say don't don't give them too much of devices but yeah. if you've ever watched children children love devices i mean like the ipad the phone uh you know and and so they she said the same thing she said you know like it's almost adapting you know therapy to the new way of working so it's you know it's not good enough to just say no you can't do that it's like okay how can we help them based on the fact that we know that they use you know those devices um yeah very yeah. cool <laughs> very cool but um and and books and resources is there something that you normally refer to you know speak to your clients about or or refer them to in terms of uh, cbt or mental health issues honestly no because i know that uh, they are in a space where they don't want to do anything the activities they used to like earlier as well so why would they read a book or or read a resource that i am sending uh, usually what i do i send uh, worksheets as and when required it's a one page or a two page uh, and that's also too late into therapy like saying the third or fourth session when they have become a little more comfortable with homework and uh, 
in other cases the clients are very smart nowadays they tell me that oh have you read this book about mental uh, health have you read this and i am like uh, i am so engrossed in this time they are like okay everyone is smart now <laughs> yeah yeah that, that that's the problem is everyone can go diagnose themselves after they do a google search yeah mm. <laughs> yes mm. okay so generally i don't recommend any books because i know like uh, see i am also not a person who likes to read a lot so it's just uh, to keep my uh, you know self updated there are very few resources that i read uh, occasionally so i know that something that i don't like why should i refer it to someone else because i also find it very difficult to you know uh, focus consistently on reading mm. because that's not something that i like so if you are not in a good mind space and i tell you to read you will say i don't want to go to her again mm-hmm. okay that's a, that's quite interesting to um yeah because i mean like just getting your psychology degree must have involved tons of reading uh, yeah Uh, okay and and the same with the uh, courses and tools there's nothing that you normally recommend to your to your patients or anyone that asks yeah there are worksheets as i said for say journaling or for anger management or self help tips for motivation procrastination so those are very simple uh, handouts uh they state all certain positive affirmations uh, so basically it's a one page or a two page worksheet that they either have to fill out or just have to read it to be more uh uh you know motivated in terms of uh, procrastination okay sounds good um i like that i i think when I mean, i'm just looking through the brief now the one uh, one question that i didn't ask was around the symptoms so how do you know and maybe you covered it but let's just do it one more time mm-hmm. but how do you know uh are there particular symptoms that you know someone should be aware of if we're talking around mental health uh see i wouldn't say that if you have this symptom just rush to a therapist because uh, for each it's different and there are uh, maybe 10 symptoms for a particular uh, condition so i wouldn't uh, expect you to know all of them but yes if you see there's a disbalance or imbalance between uh, your life like work life social life personal life and family life if everything is disbalanced and if you feel that i cannot handle it or manage it anymore and i don't feel like uh, doing anything in any area of my life i think it's the right time to seek help because when you see that you can't help yourself it's better to reach out Mm, mm. Okay, that sounds really cool too. Um, so Simran, we we're gonna start wrapping up soon, and I just I normally always like to ask this question towards the end, just to make sure that we covered everything. Obviously, mental health. I mean, it's a big topic. We we're not gonna cover everything in an hour. This it's almost impossible. But I think what I what I really enjoyed about this conversation was getting a sense of how your private practice works, uh, how you work with patients, and and what patients can can kind of look. look you know like kind of expect from a therapeutic process i think we covered cbt you know to us to a to a small context but also covering how the eclectic approach works around this topic of mental health and cbt is there anything that you thought i should have asked you that i didn't no i think we pretty much discussed a lot of things uh, today and i just hope that you know people understand that um, reaching out is for help is not a sign of weakness because there are a lot of people who think 
that having a mental health condition or an issue is a sign of weakness uh, especially specifically i would say in terms of uh, males uh because they feel expressing their emotions is a sign of weakness i think we should or we must try to please change that they also have emotions they are not robots so uh i guess they should also start expressing them uh gradually maybe not pushing them over much mm well said um yeah and and i think on that that really amazing note um i wanted to really thank you very much for your time i know we had some scheduling issues around you know finding the best yeah. time but yeah i've been very honored to have you on the show and sharing your knowledge with us and your experience no it's been really great and i think it's an hour well spent i would love to you know do it again whenever possible it was a great conversation hey everyone thanks for listening as always stay tuned and we'll speak to you in the next episode 